Thank you for tuning in to This One Time Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Boname. And I'm your other host, Zach Duden. And this week we're going to talk about divorce. Yeah, we're going to go deep this week and we're going to talk about our divorced families and we're going to talk about some of the things that we encountered with our divorced families. And how we ended up on the other side of all of it. Yeah. Um, also, I want to mention something before we start. Um, we're going to have a lot of chit-chat before these episodes because we're going to have a snack size episode after this and that's where we're going to kind of talk about other things, like different things. Yep. So if you want to hear us talk about different things, make sure to go listen to our other episode. It should be right after this, so just click that. <laughs> snack size two. Yes. It should have a good name. Yeah, we'll think of something. Something good. Um, make sure you review and rate and subscribe and do all the things that you can do on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, who wants to start this week? You want me to start or you want to start? I'll start. Okay, you start and then we'll talk about... Here's what I was thinking today. I think we should both read ours and then we should talk about them combined. Yeah, that's good because that way we'll be able to each know each other's story. Yeah, we have a lot of similarities. Okay. Okay, go ahead. You ready? Yeah. Okay, my story is called Suitcase. So, my parents got divorced when I was three. I don't remember anything from that time period as I was too young. People often tell me how lucky I am that I don't remember the legal battles, custody struggles, and a whole family suddenly becoming half. I would never call a child of divorce lucky. Sure, I don't remember the bad stuff, but that doesn't mean that I didn't experience the shit. Because that's what it is. Shit. It's a shit situation for everyone involved. I called this story suitcase because that is the thing I remember the most. The suitcase. A staple in every young divorced child's life that signified that you are going to be leaving your home to travel to another home. Another home that you most likely won't feel 100% comfortable at. The other home is always great at first. You probably get away with more, have more fun and attention, and get presents. Depending on how long your stay is, you may go on vacation or do something completely out of the ordinary. But as the days go on, you start to feel a conflicting ache. Soon you will leave this temporary home to go back to the one you came from, only to wait the months or weeks for the cycle to begin again. When I think of the suitcase, I immediately think of the explanation that comes along with it. I remember always taking my suitcase to school because that's where the transaction of my mother dropping me off and my father picking me up happened. I remember having to take the suitcase into my classroom and quietly explain to my teacher that I needed a place to put it for the day. It was always stashed under some table and I always remember the kids asking, what is this suitcase for? I felt embarrassed about having to explain it. I know that there were kids that I went to school with who had similar situations, but for me, it was a constant ache and anxiety over the question that would lead to the answer that yes, my parents were divorced. I think growing up, I was always waiting on something. I was waiting for my parents to get back together, waiting for my father to pick me up for the weekend waiting for a plane to catch so I could see him, and just waiting to finally come home. My situation was always a little bit different than the other kids. I never really knew when the next time I was going to see my dad was. I remember he lived in Delaware for a period of time with my grandparents. They lived in a trailer in Rehoboth Beach, where my aunt also lived with my cousins. I loved this time period because it's filled with memories of taking bike rides on the pier, 
playing with my cousins, and dragging sand in the house. I don't ever remember a time where my father had a set schedule to see me. It always seemed to be when he decided it was time. He moved from Delaware to Washington, D.C., where those weekends were then filled with monuments, museums, and history. It was there that he met my now stepmother, Christine. We'll come back to that. Washington, D.C. then turned to North Carolina, where weekend visits became summer and week-long visits, accompanied by a plane ride by myself with my suitcase. I always remember the flight attendants getting me on the plane before everyone else and asking, where are you going? I would glance at them and reply to see my dad. He settled there for a while, and for a handful of years, I would travel there to spend summers with him. The summer always began the same. I would cry. I would cry when I first got there because I missed home. I missed my loud family, and most of all, I missed my mom. Those summers were always filled with swimming lessons, babysitting, and the last summer there, I worked at a pharmacy and even went on my first date with a boy named David who had great hair. Don't get me wrong. I got to experience a lot of things that other kids didn't. When I was nine, I got to attend a gay wedding for two men my stepmother was friends with. I got to see every museum and every monument Washington, D.C. had to offer. Bill Clinton and his motorcade even drove by once when we were walking downtown. These are things I take away with me when I think of all the good that my parents' divorce offered. I'm going to go back and talk about the stuff that makes you feel not so good. My father didn't visit Philadelphia a lot when I was a kid. He never came back once he left, it felt like. He came back a few times. We would go on drives, and he would show me the house he used to live in with my grandparents, his high school, and things like that. But it seemed every five years he would move, and every move equaled more miles between us. I want to start out by saying that I don't have children. I'm not sure that I'm equipped to be a mother, but that is a story for a different episode. I always remember thinking to myself that if I had a child, I would want to be there. I always gave him a free pass when it came to him living in Delaware and Washington, D.C. He could still reach me within hours, but when he moved to North Carolina, all I kept wondering was what I was doing to drive my father farther and farther away from me. I blamed myself and figured that it was my fault. I just wasn't worth being around. I think that connects a lot to my weight. Self-worth wasn't always so high on my list. Why would I love myself when it seemed that I was hard to love? I was an only child, so I didn't have a partner in all of this pain and guilt that I felt, so I turned to food. It wasn't just the moving that was hard. My father also had a tendency to have a lot of girlfriends. Some of them seemed nice enough. Most of them I only met once or twice. One of them cut my hair, and I remember my mother freaking out. There were even worse times between my parents. A memory I specifically remember was my father showing up to get me for a visit and my mother calling the cops because he brought along that same woman who decided I needed a new hairdo. She made me run out the back door of the house to a neighbor's while I waited out the domestic dispute. So here's the deal. My parents got married young, and I think that they grew up together, but not necessarily together. I think they grew up and became different people inside of their marriage. I always ask what happened, and I get conflicting stories. One side says an affair, the other quotes absence and unhappiness. 
Whatever the real answer is, they just stopped loving each other. I don't think anyone goes into a marriage thinking that one day you're going to wake up next to a person you just don't love anymore. I know that I'm not a marriage expert, but so far in the almost two years that I have been married, it's been work. Every day is a new day, and with that new day comes new obstacles, compromises, and lessons. Are you still with me? Is this thing on? So as my father moved around the country, he finally did settle with my stepmother, Chris, in Washington, D.C. I want to start out by saying how much I love her and respect her. She's been a wonderful role model for me. I remember a specific weekend that I spent with them in Washington, D.C. I remember this weekend because it was when my father told me he was moving to North Carolina and he would no longer be driving to pick me up and that I would need to take a plane to see him. I believe he told me at the end of our visit, probably because he didn't want to deal with me being upset or angry about this decision. North Carolina? Why? Where? He took out a map and pointed to Durham to show me where he would be living. I just remember thinking to myself how far that was. What if I needed him? How would he get to me? This added on to the fact that I would now have to be on an airplane alone crushed me. I'd never been on an airplane. We had never been so far apart. So he went and moved to North Carolina, and a few years later, I was 16, and he called to tell me something. He had news. I was going to be a big sister. If the miles didn't feel like a knife to the stomach, then hearing him tell me that he was going to have a child that would get him full time like I never did just twisted that knife. I was angry and hurt, and I felt betrayed. This kid was going to get everything I ever wanted. It was going to have the life that I had been waiting on. That was my last summer with him. I went home early because I couldn't stand being there for my stepmother's baby shower. I didn't want to be a part of it, and I was not happy. I put the suitcase away. Thinking back to this decision, I wish I had been there, and I know that decision to leave early hurt my stepmother. Phoebe was born my sophomore year of high school. Seeing her didn't change how I felt. Seeing my father with another child hurt deeply, and I was jealous, but I did fall in love with her. I have a precious memory of her being less than a year old. I had come to visit for Easter or Christmas or some random holiday I can't remember, and my father and Chris were exhausted. She had been teething and had cried nonstop for almost a day. I woke up in the middle of the night hearing her cries and walked into the living room to see them struggling. I'll take her for a couple hours, I volunteered, and they let me, and I sat in my bedroom and held her against my chest and rubbed her back until she finally fell asleep. The house was quiet, and that was the first time I realized that I was a big sister. That crying baby is now 14, and she is the most amazing, kind, smart, and generous child I have ever known. A few years after Phoebe was born, I got the call during my freshman year of college. My baby brother, Wyatt, had been born. I was more excited about him, but I was also older. I had my own life now. I recently had a conversation with my father about this subject, about how angry I was about how everything happened while I was growing up, how everything went down, how sometimes I didn't feel like part of that family unit even now. He said to me, you and I grew up together. I was young when I had you and so unprepared. We were friends first and parent-child second. 
he is right about that. The relationship he has with his kids is completely different than the relationship I have with him. He is one of my best friends. We don't have a typical relationship, and I think that's normal, but I like our relationship. Now that I live in Nebraska, which, again, is another story for a different episode, we live six blocks away from each other, and we barely see each other. When I moved here, I remember thinking, I'm finally going to get what I want. I was going to have him close to me, but it was too late. I was an adult, and I never got what I wanted. But what I have now is pretty great. My brother is 12, and he is funny, funny, funny. I couldn't imagine my life without them now. When I wasn't with my father, I was with my mother and that crazy Italian family. I can't imagine what it must have been like being stuck in the middle of that situation. I remember there was a lot of back and forth. I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't pit them against each other. I did. A lot. One parent versus the other. I think if you're a divorced kid, you know how that works. I remember my father being pretty non-confrontational. He always took my side, which drove my mother insane. If I didn't want to do something or I thought what she was doing was wrong, I called him and ratted her out, and it made me feel better. Look, what I did was wrong. Maybe they might have actually worked together more if I wasn't constantly going back and forth pitting them against one another. Perfect example. When my mother wanted me to go to the nutritionist for my weight loss, I called my father and cried and basically told him I didn't think she loved me. He gave me the response that he didn't think there was anything wrong with me and that he loved me no matter what. So what did I do? I threw that in her face. If I had to describe my mother, I would say words like strong, sassy, and beautiful. We didn't have the perfect relationship. I remember our relationship coming in waves. We wouldn't get along, and then we were best friends. The temperature of our relationship always hinged on what my father was doing. We got super close in high school when I dropped all my weight, and we were working as a team to get me healthy. I don't remember being close to my father during this time period because I assume he was busy taking care of newborns. We did everything together. We would go shopping and go to lunch, and we even had fun around the dinner table. There have have been time periods in my life where we go months and even a couple times years without speaking. It usually starts with a disagreement and then ends in silence. We don't call, we're stubborn, but we've always found our way back to each other. We speak almost every day now, and it's important that I nurture that relationship because I have had time to put the past behind me. It wasn't her fault that her marriage was broken. I always blamed her after blaming myself. How come she didn't try harder? How come she didn't ask him to come home? She got remarried a few years after my dad left. She married Joe, my stepfather. I always refer to him as St. Joe when I talk with, about him with my friends. Because that man, well, I treated him like shit. If he would just leave, my family could get back together. He was steady and patient and very kind. He never treated me like I was anything less than his kid. I wasn't a stepchild. I was one of his daughters. He has two daughters of his own, but they were older and, I, and they lived with their mothers, so I never really saw them a lot. I often wonder if his daughters were jealous because I got him all the time and they didn't. I never really thought to ask, and I never really thought of it that way until I was older. How much did it have to suck for them for their dad to get remarried and have a young daughter living with them 
full-time, probably getting more of his energy than them. Joe is a man of few words, and when he talks, he usually does it because he has something to say, and you're going to want to listen because it's going to be something you want to hear. My mother told me a story once that always stuck with me. They went on vacation soon after I had been working my ass off to lose the weight, and they met another couple and ended up having dinner with them. She told me he referred to me as his daughter and how proud he was of all my hard work. He has always had my back and has always welcomed me and taken me back even though I probably didn't deserve it. He is a saint, and Joe, if you're listening, thank you for never making me feel like anything less than your daughter. Divorce is hard, and growing up inside of it feels like growing up inside of a volcano that could blow at any moment. There are arguments and slammed doors and hurt feelings. I'm 31 now, and I get it. I understand it all. What if my parents had decided to stay together just for me? I never had to listen to them fight in the next room or sit awkwardly at a dinner table with them while they weren't speaking. I think they both did the best they could with the situation that was handed to them. I don't blame anyone anymore because in the end, I was the one who won. I got Chris and Joe and Phoebe and Wyatt out of the deal. Not bad, right? I take my marriage vows very seriously. I love and honor and value, but at the end of the day, no one wants to be unloved or feel devalued. I get it. You fell out of love, and that's okay. The best part was, you never fell out of love with me. I liked it. Thanks. I really liked the part about divorce growing up with a divorced family or whatever is like a volcano. Yeah. Like living inside a volcano. That's really good. Thanks. You're welcome. All, All right. right. So I'll go to, I'm going to read mine. Um, mine doesn't have a name. You know me by now. I don't name mine. I know. I feel like I should stop naming mine. Because, Why? You know what? I'm not going to because it's my <laughs> thing and I'm going to keep it It is your way. thing. Hold on. i got to get resituated. All right. So let's see. This is a hard story for me to tell. Not because it makes me super emotional or anything like that. But because divorce is such a long, drawn-out process that never actually ends. I'm not going to tell you the whole story of my parents' divorce from their perspective, because frankly, that's not my story to tell. What I am going to tell you about is what it was like for me, a chubby 13-year-old who hated sports and loved music, to have to deal with parents who absolutely hated each other. For me, every day at my middle school proved to be just another struggle to make it to the next. Adolescent perfect home life on top of that, and you've got the perfect combination for a pretty damn awful middle to high school experience. In the first episode of this podcast, I mentioned that I was bullied in school, but what I didn't talk about was how terrible it was to go home and feel like I had no one to talk to. My parents were dealing with everything that comes with a divorce, aka my dad getting a lawyer and my mom getting screwed over, and they didn't really have the time or energy to sit down and genuinely ask me how my day was. I didn't talk to my brother much because, as it tends to happen with brothers, he and I did not see eye to eye. My sister and I are pretty close in age, so not only did we have the same group of friends, we also shared a lot of the same interests. We drove to school every day in our broken down piece of junk 1993 Pontiac Grand Prix that had a busted windshield, no AC or heat, and no door handles. (laughs) We would talk to each other often about school, relationships, and how much our lives sucked. Don't get me wrong, my sister and I would still fight, but mostly we fought because we knew everything about each other. 
Whenever I was having a bad day at school, or I was upset by everything going on with my parents, she would be the first one I'd go to. The best thing about my sister is that she's a great listener. Even if she doesn't have some magical advice to give to me that will solve all my problems, I can always count on her just to listen. And sometimes that w- that's what I need most. I've never really told her this, but Alicia, if you're listening like you always did then, from the bottom of this chubby boy's heart, thank you. Anyway, about my parents' divorce. I know a lot of you may be shocked and appalled to hear this, but I was ecstatic when my parents finally decided to split up. They were married 20 years before they got a divorce. Towards the end of their marriage, they seemed to be very unhappy. I know I may sound like the most pessimistic person ever, but just like how people can fall in love, I truly believe people can fall out of love with each other. That's what I think happened to them. Some days were great, they'd laugh about things us kids didn't fully understand, and talk about how good or bad their days were across the dinner table. Other days weren't so great. But the thing with my parents was, they spent a lot of time not fighting, not discussing anything in fact. My mom was, and still is, the queen of silent treatments. When the house was quiet, you knew something was wrong. Now, as I said at the beginning of this story, I'm not going to go into detail about what caused their divorce, and quite honestly, that's because it doesn't really matter. What matters most to me is that after all was said and done, they both seem to be happier. As a kid with married parents, my life was okay. Definitely not great, but also not terrible. After my parents' divorce, my life changed pretty drastically. I was 13 year old, years old at the time, so I understood that things wouldn't stay the same, but I had no idea how much things would actually change. The night my parents officially separated, I went and lived with my mom at my grandma's house. Like my sister, my grandma was my rock when I was growing up. I know a lot of people like to boast about their grandparents and say things like, my grandma's the best, but I'm here to tell you that in fact my grandma is the best of the best. <laughs> Since I rarely stayed with my dad, she became a sort of second parent to my sister and me. Besides giving us a place to live, she would make us dinner, pick us up from school, and she even taught us a lot of important lessons about life. If there was one good thing that came out of my parents' divorce, it was that I got to spend a lot more time with her. For a while, my parents' separation didn't really seem to affect me. I hated school, but it wasn't like that was any different than before. It wasn't until my dad actually filed for divorce that I became angry. I remember after the divorce, my brother, sister, and I had to see a therapist. She was the mom of one of the students at my high school. She was nice enough, but she would do this thing where she would finish my sentences with her own thoughts on what actually happened, and I hated it. I remember her asking me, then 14 years old, some very personal questions about my family in front of my brother and sister, might I add, and it made me feel super uncomfortable. We only went and saw her a few times, but that was plenty for me. Side note, in my experience, therapy as a 26-year-old is much different and a lot better. My sister and I also had to go to this divorce group for kids at a local church, and that was even worse than the not-so-helpful therapist. The group met in the basement of this old church, and we talked about our feelings and how having divorced parents affected us. I remember going in the bathroom, and this one kid in the group was barfing in the stall next to me. (laughs) Apparently, he wasn't taking it so well. (laughs) Now on to the anger. There's this line with typical teenage angst on one side and actual deep-down anger on the other side. Um, After my parents' divorce, I somehow managed to leap both of those, and I landed directly on piss the fuck off. 
my mother, my mom, sister, and I had moved out of my grandma's house to this smaller house with a terrifying basement on a very busy street in our medium-sized town. I hated living there, not because one of the bedroom doors was broken and had to be physically pounded together to get it to close, and not because every time the grass got tall enough that our landlord called and told us to mow, meaning I had to push our stupid John Deere mower around the lawn like an idiot on the busiest street in town. No, I hated living there because, well, in all honesty, my dad's house was nicer and my mom deserved way better. My relationship with my dad was rocky at best. Parents, if you take anything, anything at all from this podcast episode, please let it be this. Your kids know and understand way more than you realize. If you're a shitty person, chances are your kid is going to find that out and not want to have anything to do with you. Birthdays and holidays were weird at first, but got easier as I got older. Mostly because it went from my sister and I feeling like we were obligated to go see my dad to us wanting to be with my mom and only my mom. Now holidays are pretty much the worst when it comes to trying to spend time with my dad, my mom, my wife's parents, and figuring out plans. Some of the things I hated the most about my parents' divorce were always being the go-between. I hated having to relay messages from my parents. Since they basically hated each other for a solid decade before they could eventually stand to be in the same room with one another, I became the one that would have to tell my mom when my dad needed something and vice versa. It was terrible. Not only did I hate talking to one parent about the other, I also hated when they would project, project their frustrations onto me. To all you parents out there that are currently divorced or will soon be divorced, please do me a favor. Pick up the phone and call your ex-spouse your damn self. It's not your kid's job to be your secretary. Today I have a relationship with both my parents. No, it's definitely not perfect or even great, but we still talk and we still know each other exists. I get along decently with my brother and sister, but I find myself wishing we had a better relationship. Of course, people grow up and move and people change, but I won't deny that I occasionally miss being out at my dad's farm with them and just screwing around like we did when we were younger. I would say most kids of divorced parents go through a period where they wish their parents would get back together, and I myself went through a very, very short period where I wished my mom would just move back in with my dad. But if the movie It's Complicated with Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin taught me anything, <laughs> it's that all things happen for a reason. In my case, I can tell you this. When things suck and you feel like they're never going to get better, just wait. Because even though things not might not get better right away, a day will come where you're sitting on a rooftop at a cheesecake factory in San Francisco and you'll realize that those days, those moments, they're why life is worth living. Wow. Did you like it? I did. Good. I really did. I think it's interesting that... Um... I guess I always felt like I was the only one that wanted my parents to get back together. No, but I, I did. I didn't have brothers and sisters, yeah. so it was just me. Yeah. It was a different experience probably growing up with a brother and sister and not getting along with my brother. So he was always at my dad's. He never lived with me and my sister and my mom. And so me and my sister were like... I mean, like, joined at the hip. Right. And then there was him. I never got along with him. Even to this day, like... I feel like there's still a lot of resentment between us because I would go to my dad's and he'd be like, hey, you need to help clean this house. And I would always be like, I don't live here. I'm not going to help you clean the house. And so, yeah, it was different. Yeah. But as far as, like, my parents getting back together, I only hoped for that because 
I saw my mom struggle a lot with a lot of different things and like money and like trying to take care of us too. And it was hard. And I just thought, man, if she lived with my dad and there was a double income versus a single income, it would be a lot easier. Yeah, and I just want to correct you because I actually have the best grandma. <laughs> I knew so, you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> My grandma is amazing. And, like, she never had to do anything for us. Just like I'm sure your grandma. But, God, just living with her and, like, her paying for, like... groceries and shit it helped so much I was always there that was like my escape route like I remember my mother would ground me and I would go to my grandma's house and she would let me do whatever I wanted like like it wouldn't be allowed on the phone but she'd be like oh do you have any friends that you want to call and I'd be like (laughs) actually (laughs) and then like I'd be allowed on the phone and we would Mm -hmm. have we had this very like secretive kind of relationship because she um I don't think she ever really wanted me to be in trouble. Yeah. And I think that she probably felt like I was already dealing with so much. Right. That she wanted that safe haven for me. And till yeah. this day, I mean, if sometimes I just find myself, like, wanting to hear her voice. And it's very comforting. And she's getting older and she's not remembering as much. Mm-hmm. And that makes it hard. But the voice, the voice is everything. It is. And grandparents can sense things. Like, if they think that your parents are having, like, a, I don't know, a fight or something, they know. And they'll offer to, like, they, my grandma used to offer to take me and my sister, like, every weekend. And just be like, hey, stay here for the night. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't close with my dad's parents. Because they had my Aunt Jenny, who had three kids. Yeah. And so they were busy raising those kids Mm -hmm. and, and helping her. So... My grand, my mom, who was my mom's mother, was was the staple grandparent. Was the person who I I always went to and yeah, you know, felt more comfortable being with her than being with them. Yeah, it was like that with mine, but only because my dad's parents died when I was six and eight. So yeah, I never knew them really, and then like having my grandma around was nice because like. I felt like I could tell her things. Yeah, me too. And she wouldn't, like, go to my mom and be like, hey, she did once because I told her my mom's driving scared me once. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to have a conversation about it. <laughs> but it was only because my mom was, like, super pissed that night and, like, whatever. But I don't know. I just loved, like, having oh, a person. You know, my grandmother <laughs> was always my confidant. And uh-huh. I I loved riding my mom out. I loved like going to my grandmother's house and being like, she's so mean to me and she does this, this and this. And my grandmother was always like right there on the front line being like, (laughs) you need to fix your shit. Like Uh you're doing it wrong. And I just, when you don't have the ex, I mean, I had Joe, right? but I never felt close to Joe. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, mm-hmm. that relationship matured as I matured, because like I said, I blamed him. Like if he would have just left, maybe yeah. my father would have come home. Yeah, that's a hard thing, and it's different because your parents were together only for a small amount of time for yeah. like when you were born, and my parents were together until I was thirteen, so yeah. I didn't know anything different. My dad, and it's not something I talked about in here, but my dad did get remarried, and his wife is 20 years younger than him. So that 
was a change, but that only happened like five years ago, so I was like 21. Do you get along with her? I, I do. She's a nice person, um, but it's just weird. She can't be much older than you. She's not much older than my brother. How old is your brother? 31. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for your dad. <laughs> but then my mom has a boyfriend now, too, and, like... Do you like him? No. Um, I think he could be a decent person. Here's my thing about him. Um, we have different opinions on things. And, like, whatever, people can have different opinions. People can think different things. But uh, it's hard to be around people that think that much differently than you. See, like... I just remember, like, blips of these different women in my mm-hmm. father's life. And, uh-huh. like I said, some of them are really nice. Some of them decided they were going to cut all my hair off. <laughs> and, you know, I I was almost really relieved when he met Chris because I was like, please just marry this person because your taste in women is terrible. Yeah. And I was probably, like, five or six. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and I and it was always uncomfortable because I was never in his house. He was always staying with a woman. Like it was always her house. Yeah. And then like he dated a woman who had a daughter, and mm-hmm. then you were forced to like play with this person all weekend. Yeah, my dad dated a woman that had a daughter, and she was like she was my age pretty much, and that was weird. Yeah. Because like. If I didn't like this person, I was going to have to, like, live with her and, like, I don't know. It was just weird. But they didn't stay together, so. But I do have two stepsisters. And that, to me, is odd. Um, Are you close with them? No, I'm not. And it's not because I don't want to be close with them. It's mm-hmm. just because I'm not. Um, it's hard to see your parent give things to a non-blood sibling than to yourself. I'll say it like that. Yeah. Do you think your father... Well, I don't know. I mean... What were you going to ask? You were going to ask something and you retracted it. I was... I guess I was going to ask, like, do you find it difficult? Like, do you still feel that, like, pang of jealousy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I just had that conversation with him after we got back from D.C. and I told him that I I didn't feel like I was part of that unit. That, yeah. you know, I'm so much older and that's when he was like, but you're my best friend. Like, But you can't just be friends with your kid. And he, and it's not just that. Like, yeah. he always is, well, you know, advice or whatever I need. Would you say you're like, have you seen Gilmore Girls? No. Okay. Would you say, because they're kind of like close in age, because she was like 16 when she had her daughter. Would you say that, how old was your dad when you were born? I don't know, like 23 or 24. Okay. Would you say that that's why you have a closer relationship? Because my mom was younger when she had my brother and sister and me. And I feel like I've always had a super close relationship with my mom. Like, I can tell her anything. No, I just think my father and I were always friends first. Okay. Because he didn't want to discipline me. Because yeah. then I think in the back of his head, I think it was like a, like a really bad like carousel. 
Like, he was afraid that I wouldn't come back if he didn't give me everything I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid that he wouldn't come back if I didn't act the way that I think he expected me to act. Yeah. Oh, that's a cycle. Yeah. Did you ever have to go to therapy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How was What was your experience with therapy? I was an angry kid. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you have a hard time believing that. Um, But I... I went through this period where, like, my stepsisters would come around, uh-huh. and one time I was, like, scraping the windshield off for my mom. Oh, no. And, like, one of the daughters had come out to help me, oh, and no. I bashed her face in with the windshield. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then the other time I was playing with this dollhouse that had, like, like front steps, uh-huh. and she was, like, trying to play with me, and I bashed her in the face with that, <laughs> and, like... She, like, needed stitches. Oh. And, like, I was just angry. I was like, why are you in my house? Yeah. Like, who are you? This is my house. Yeah, and number one, I'm number one. So, <laughs> you know, like... Let's put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good logo. <laughs> number one, I'm number one. <laughs> so, when they, whenever they were around, I was always like, God, you know. Yeah. Because I was an only child, so I expected to always be... Numero uno. You bring up a good point, though. Having someone else grow up in your house is hard. Because my stepsisters live with my dad at the farm. And it was just so weird. So weird. Because that's, like, your place. Yeah, that's that's my old bedroom that you're staying in. And it's just... Like, I have so many memories there, and they don't know that. And it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, ugh. I just... I feel weird about it. I just always wanted, like, I think that my mom has the, has, has always had the impression that I would have rather been with him. Uh-huh. But I don't think she realizes that the weeks and the summers and the weekends that I spent with him, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be home. Like, yeah. I was excited to go because I knew that I was going to get all the stuff that you get right. that comes along with. Right. But... At the end of the day, I really just wanted to be home and be with my grandmother and Mm -hmm. be in my own space. Like, I don't know. That's how it was with my mom. Like, she's poor as shit. I'll be honest. Like, whatever. She had one income and she's a woman, so obviously she gets paid less. Yeah. But, um, like, even if my dad could buy me all these things, like buy me a car, buy me this, buy me that, I would never have chosen to go live with him. Ever. I mean, if somebody gonna buy me a car. If someone I mean... gonna buy me a car, let me rethink my answer. <laughs> no, I agree. But you know what? Michelle did all of that. Uh-huh. I mean, my first car, she helped pay for. Mm-hmm. He never offered. Mm-hmm. Um, proms, dances. You know, I did tap. Yeah. For years, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know he paid child support. Same with my dad. But I don't think that that—that's money the government is forcing you to pay. In my eyes, that was more for my mom than it was for me. See, I agree with that too. And I always felt guilty when she would be like, "Oh no, that's your money. Go buy a pizza or something." I'd be like, "No, that's your money. Go buy groceries." No, I'd be like, "Baby, you buy me a pizza, <laughs> baby." <laughs> Listen, this is how poor I was growing up. I had to pay for a... What is it? What's the Fast and Ready pizza place? Caesars? Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. 
I had to pay for that in dimes, nickels, and pennies once. I had to bring it in in the envelope, and I had to say, here's my $5. Okay, so I want to talk about, um, like, my sister, I was super close with her, and, like, we had a pretty good relationship when we were growing up, and now it's, I mean, like, we have a good relationship, we just don't talk as much. Do you think, do you think it would have been harder or easier to grow up with, like, one of your own siblings? With the divorced parents. Like, if my parents had had two kids instead of one. Right. You know, I never really thought about it because I was too consumed in my own, like, loneliness. Yeah. That I didn't really think that... I don't know. I guess part of me wishes that I had been kinder to Joe's children because maybe they would have offered me an outlet. Yeah. But I was too consumed with the fact that all of this stuff was just always happening. Like, I just felt like there was never a point in my childhood where it ever settled down. Yeah. Like, my father was moving, like I said, it felt like every five years. And mm-hmm. every five years, it was somewhere a fucking thousand more miles away. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I don't know if I would have liked having a brother or sister. I mean, I do now. Yeah. But... I never thought of it because I didn't know any better. I think the reason I ask is because there's a lot of days where, like, I don't know that I would have gotten through without my sister. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like, it was, uh, it was bad. <laughs> like, I struggled a lot with depression growing up and, like... Oh, I did too. I know we all have, like, suicidal thoughts once in a while, but mine were... A little bit more. Yeah, I was a self-harmer. Oh, really? Did you ever, like, struggle with, like, not wanting to go to school because you no. were depressed and stuff? Because you had a better school experience than I did. I know that there was a time when I was in high school where I would go to school and I would come home and take, like, a three-hour nap. Mm-hmm. And then, like, getting up and, like, getting ready. and Like, I remember that being really difficult. And I don't know... I don't know because, I mean, it feels like every kid I talk to now knows what depression is. But back then, I don't know. Back then, we didn't talk about it. I mean, I remember sitting Michelle down, Michelle's my mother, and saying, I think there's something wrong with me because I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just not, I'm not getting any joy out of anything that I'm doing. I remember one night when my parents had a really big fight and I was always the go-between I remember walking into my mom's living room and saying, I just want to kill myself. And then going into my bedroom. And then my mom called my dad and, like, actually talked to him and said, Hey, we have to stop this. Because your son, my son, is actually having these thoughts. So, it's interesting. I was never the go-between. I was the instigator. (laughs) Yeah. Like, because I always thought to myself, like... Well, if I can get them on the phone, right. maybe there'll be some sort of spark. Or, right. um, and I was hard on Michelle because she was easier to be hard on than my dad. She could take it a little bit more, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you kind of know yeah. about her. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I knew she would never abandon me. Mm-hmm. With him... He could move to North Carolina and not see me for two years. And not think about it. Exactly. Yeah. So it was easier for me to rat her out and then be like, ha ha ha. Mm Mm-hmm. 
when he kind of came down on her. Because you know she would always be there. Exactly. Yeah. She was my, she was a pillar, and I knew that no matter what, she, you know. And I know you guys haven't always had the best relationship, just like me and my parents. Right. Even my mom and me don't have the best relationship sometimes. Do you think it's stronger because of what you went through with her in the divorce? I don't know. I guess I never really thought of it that way. I was always blame. I was always busy blaming. I think mine is stronger with my mom. I don't think it completely wrecked my relationship with my dad. Like, it'll my relationship with my dad will never touch my mom's. Right. Even on the worst day with my mom, it could not touch that. See, but like I said, my father and I have a completely different dynamic. Mm-hmm. I mean. We call and we talk about movies and TV yeah. shows. When I talk to Michelle, it's, what are you doing? How's yeah. work? You know, more adult right. than when I talk to my dad. Michelle seems to also kind of get to the chase a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> you think? Like, hello, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas I could see your dad calling and just being like, hey, well, I went and saw, you know, Beauty and the Beast. It was really good. Exactly. That's uh, yeah. exactly right. <clears throat> Michelle is always, she doesn't. Beat around um, the bush. Yeah. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She I like I talked to her today. I told I sent her an all caps message, like uh-huh. message, and I was like, You need to call me today. Yeah. And then she called me and we talked about work and my grandmother because my grandmother lives with her now and Yeah. Um it's always very adult and, and, and as I'm growing older I'm also realizing that she leans on me as much as I lean on her. Oh, definitely. But I don't get that with my dad. I don't no. feel like my dad leans on me for anything. No. And I never felt like my dad needed me for anything. I felt like my mom needed me a lot. Yeah. And not in any specific way. She just, she needed me. I mean, we always, like I said, like we've had per- time periods where we didn't talk for two years. Yeah. And we always find our way back to each other. And every time I say to myself, like... This is my mother. Like, she's not perfect. She's not 100% what I want her to be. But I know that she did the best that she could. Right, and and whose mom is 100% what they want them to be. My mom's not. I can tell you that 100%. Yeah. But I think that's also what makes them, I don't know, unique. But I, I always, like, as I got older, like, when I moved out, Joe's kids were having babies and mm-hmm. having weddings. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I started to feel like, well, she has them. Right. And I kind of fucked up, like, early and on being on my own and making bad decisions. And mm-hmm. I always kind of felt that she <laughs> was relieved that she had two stepdaughters who were kind of normal and I was just off just making bad decisions. And <laughs> and she didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's my other daughter. Exactly. <laughs> we don't talk about her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when you're at a Christmas party and you're like, oh, I have two girls. Yeah. And I have another daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was always the son that, like, my parents would talk about probably first because I was always... I was either fucking shit up or I was involved with something like band and choir and like all this stuff. I don't know. I guess that's big of myself to say, but. No, I mean, if it's true, we know. True. Toot your own horn. Good for you. <laughs> Good for me. Hey, before we go, um, 
I want to say this as a disclaimer, and we should have put this out before. Um, I was nervous to do this episode. Uh, I don't know about you, but I... I was too. I mean, I talked to Michelle about it, and she told me that I just needed to tell my own story. Yeah. Tell your truth. Tell my truth. I was nervous because I don't want this to come across that I hate my mom or my dad. Because I don't. I have a decent relationship now. I don't hate any of my family. If you're listening to this, this is not to blame. This was strictly my story. And this is how it was growing up. And if you don't like it, you should have done different things. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like I said, I mean, I wasn't close with my dad's parents and I just Mm -hmm. you know recently lost you know we just recently lost my grandfather and Uh I wish that they would have spent more time with me because I always felt like I was a for like I wasn't a thought because I was already just taken care of yeah yeah I know what you mean well this is good this was this was intense and like you people listening to this are probably thinking, oh my god, you guys are crazy for telling us all this. Like, who would put this out there? Us. Because <laughs> we like the attention. We also, <laughs> one of us needs to cry in one of these episodes, and I'm telling you, I'm working on it. I just can't get it to go. <laughs> I know. Maybe the snack size episode. Maybe I'll just smack the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... Any other questions you want to ask before we go or you want to wrap up? Yeah, I think we should wrap up. Okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. We don't, we're not going to tell you the topic. We never tell you the topic because we don't know. We don't know. We haven't decided. No. But, but if you guys have a suggestion or you would like to, you know, interact with us a little bit more, follow us on Facebook. It's uh, this one time podcast. Follow us on Twitter at one time podcast and. What should they do with this on iTunes? Subscribe, review. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do all the things. And um, every button you can push, just push it. I want to have a like an outro. What do you want to say? Next time on this one time. I want to say that even when things feel really, really shitty, there's always good right around the corner. Yeah. I agree with that. And there's always medical professionals and people who want to help and are there to help. And if you are struggling, mm-hmm. um, if you're going through a divorce or your parents are going through a divorce, there's always, um, you know, people you can contact. You just Google, you know, um, something I probably would just Google divorce help. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And, um, yeah, so... Can I give this number out? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. If you guys are really struggling, like, I say this as a person who dealt with that. Call it. Talk to them. It's probably anonymous. I don't know. I've never called it. But just don't. Just don't. Just do your life. Yeah. It's it's fine. Everything is going to get better. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.